Blog Talk Radio. We're going to be talking sports and having fun doing. I want all your ideas, all your opinions, and all your beliefs. And of course, as always, you're going to get a heavy dose of my opinion. If you have an opinion, the number to call 646 727 3070. That's 646 727 3070. You can listen to the show, blogtalkradio.com. Send messages to the show on Twitter at GoForKan. And while you're there on Twitter, at GoForKent, give me a follow at GoForKent. Great show lined up for you today. Expected to be joined by Hall of Famer Willie Rofe. Get his take on all things NFL. Get his take on what he saw last night, uh, that Hail Mary. Fail Mary, if you want to talk talk about it from the Detroit Lions perspective. But we're going to talk to him about that. Um, you know, Johnny Menzel in that situation. So we we got a lot of great football to talk about, a lot of great football going on. And, you know, we're going to talk about it. Uh, with uh, Willie Rofe soon and very soon. So as we go throughout the course of this hour, we're going to touch on Johnny Manziel, what's going on with him, what's new with him. Should the Browns give up on him? Should they move forward with him? What should the Browns do? Did they do the right thing by sitting him down? Also, the Denver Broncos, Brock Osweiler, should he keep on playing? 2-0, and including beating the world champion Patriots, undefeated world champion Patriots, including beating them. So should he continue on? Could, should he soldier on as the head quarterback for the Denver Broncos? Or should that be the end? Should When Peyton's ready, should he come on back? And Peyton, uh, also um, Cam Newton and the Carolina Panthers, 16-0. and We're going to go through their schedule. And we're going to see if 16-0 and is possible. They're 11-0 at this point. Is 16-0 and possible? We'll look at it. And Kobe Bryant, did he do the right thing? What was it time? 20 years, struggling this season, but was it time for Kobe to move on with his life? Only he knows that, but we'll talk about it. Let's get right down to it. Last night, I mean, I'm watching the game, you know, Lions, Packers, Detroit Lions playing some good football at at this point of the season. Detroit Lions, a team struggled throughout had reeled off what three wins in a row before last night, and you know they 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 were only they were looking like a team that could possibly sneak into the playoffs. They were looking at a team. Well, I mean, obviously, you still have Seattle there. They have they would have to overcome, and of course, the Green Bay Packers hold another spot too. But the thing was, that was a huge game. If the the, the Lions were to somehow win that game last night, and they should have won the game. We saw the call, the the lack, the well, the bad call with the face mask. That wasn't a face mask. And, and the reality is, in the National Football League, and, and I think in any sport at this day and age, at, at the, this stage of the game, with all the technology that's at, you know, is readily available. In the final two minutes of any football game, basketball game, no basketball, they, they review a lot of different things. But in the final baseball as well. But in the final two minutes of of any sport with the technology that we have, 
there really shouldn't be any bad calls. There really should not be bad calls. You know, you, you got the you got control centers in and around the country, you know, and you got replays that's right there in front of your face. There should not be bad calls. That was not a face mask. That was a bad call. And these, you know, you you. We look at these calls, and these type of calls cause people to lose jobs. People lose jobs because of bad calls. You know, I mean, that, that changes the course of a lot of things. You look at the Detroit Lions, they went last night, and I'm not saying they would have made the playoffs, but they're playing some good football right now. They're on the upswing. But if they went last night, they're 5-7. and seven. Packers would lose if they were Packers with a loss. They would have been seven and five. So theoretically, the Lions would would be two games out of the wild. Well, if they were seven, and they would have been in the what? About the game they would have been. Well, we'll see. We'll, we'll just see what happens with uh, Seattle. But if Seattle won, if Seattle wins this week, and you know they would have beat Green Bay, they would have been two games behind the wild card. They would have been two games behind. And the thing is, with that, they would have been in a situation where they would have beaten Green Bay twice. So if they would have some way somehow tied the Green Bay Packers, they would have been, uh, they would have obviously won the tiebreaker because they would have beat them twice. And I know there's a lot of football to be played. But, you know, the Lions at this point, you're three games back with four games to play. That pretty much ends it for the most part. That that ends your playoff chances. You win last night, and you got a shot. You got a big-time shot. We'll see if this costs Jim Caldwell his job. You think Jim Caldwell will survive this? There's a great possibility he gets fired. And if they win last night, and they continue to finish the season strong, who knows what could have happened. They could have possibly snuck into the playoffs. But you look at the game last night, and, and first and foremost, what a nice Hail Mary throw by, by Aaron Rodgers, how high he got it, and, and how, you know, they, he gave his receivers the best possible chance. And, and you know, got him, you know, he threw it real, real high and, and, you know, gave his receivers an opportunity to get under it. And here's the thing. Obviously, the Packers did a great job, and Detroit did a bad job of, of, of defending that. I mean, they let the Packers box them out pretty much, and they got great position. And as I was, as you know, the ball was thrown in the air, and I was like, "Whoa, there's a good chance he's going to catch that because he's in good." And I'm talking about Rodgers, he's in a good position to catch that football. He's, you know, he's got like two or three guys there, right there, with an opportunity to catch it. And he's, you know, and like I said, Aaron Rodgers threw that ball high, threw it high, threw it long, and. Rodgers comes down with the football, and that's ball game. That's the game. That's it. But you, you, you just look at it, and you're like, first of all, it was, a, it was a great Hail Mary throw. But secondly, it should have never have happened. Because at the end of the day, that was not a face match. The ball game should have been over. The Green Bay Packers should have lost the Detroit Lions should have had that victory. But the bottom line is, even like you look at the situation with Duke and 
in Miami where it was, you know, you, you see the replay and the guy's down. That needs to be, somebody should change those things. It's it's too much money involved in sports. You know, it's too much on the line, and we can say it's just a game, but it's more than a game. It's, it's a billion-dollar industry. There's too much money out there, on, on, you know, involved in these games where, you know, if, if certain things happen, you know, you should be able to figure out the right, you know, the right call. The right call needs to be made. The right call was not a face mask. So, therefore, if the right call is not a face mask, that needs to be switched. They need to do something to switch that. It was a bad call. You know, you look at the live, it looks like a face mask. You look at the replay, didn't touch him. Didn't touch the face mask, touched the jersey. But in live speed, it looked like a face mask. But at the end of the day, if you, I mean, in that situation, it should be replayed. 15 yards is 15 yards. 15 yards is 15 yards. Not only is 15 yards 15 yards, but, again, the Green Bay Packers get an untimed down and get an opportunity at a Hail Mary. And that time, the Hail Mary, it worked. Rarely do, but when they do, it's so much fun, and it was a lot of fun seeing that last night. But it should not have happened. It should not have happened. Bad call. That was not a face mask. And if I'm a Detroit Lions fan, if I'm a Detroit Lions player, coach, I got hosed. I got hosed. And I would shout to the world, I got hosed last night. I got screwed out of a victory. It's hard enough to win the NFL. I got screwed. The Lions got screwed last night. They got screwed last night. That was not a face mask. It wasn't. Coach Caldwell said, quote, at the end, tough one to lose. Those are the ones that eat at you. The guys are upset because they gave so much, but we needed one more play. It is never over in this league. And he's so right. It's ne- it's never over in the NFL. But at the end of the day, it should have never came down to that. It should have never came down to that. It should have never come to that. It should not have never come. It should have not come to that. It was a bad call. And that bad call cost the team a football game. Cost the team now at this point their season. Whatever playoff hopes the Detroit Lions had vanished last night. It went far, far away. You went from two games back, pretty much in a wild card, or a game and a half because Seattle has not played yet. But you went from an opportunity to be two games back pretty much, and let's just assume Seattle wins. But you missed that opportunity to be in position where you would have beaten the Green Bay Packers two times. 
those two victories against the Packers would have essentially put you in position where you would hold any any tiebreaker against the Green Bay Packers if you were to finish with the same record as the Green Bay Packers. That is out the window. Your season is over if you're the Detroit Lions. And as mystical would say, and, well, I'm a switcher. It ain't their fault. It ain't their fault. It's not. But it is what it is. But again, you got to get this with, with all the technology that's out there, with with all the things that we have at our disposal. Sometimes, you know, we we need to replay. You know, the the, the personal foul penalties, they're game changers. It's 15 yards. You know, the face mask penalty, they're game changers. It's 15 yards. And I've always and believe that the the uh, the penalty, the pass interference penalty, is really at this point it's, it's called so much that it, it's called so many times and so much that it's a game changer. And, it, and it's you know we, we, it should be the college rule, fifteen yards, because it's called, called so often. If if I'm a coach, I'm I'm you got to throw the ball along. A lot of great things can happen. Guy could catch it, or he could get a pass interference penalty, and it's just as good as catching it on some level. So you 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 look at that situation, and teams should be throwing the ball long a lot. They should be throwing the ball downfield a lot because there's a lot of great things could happen. You might even mess around, and get a holding penalty. That's five yards and automatic first down. But the Green Bay Packers move on. They still got problems. Obviously, Jordy Nelson not being there is a problem. That offensive line, you know, the Aaron Rodgers got got beat up a little bit last night. You know, the, the Lions got after him a little bit last night. So that's an issue for the Packers. Packers have some issues. And, you know, you got those type of issues. I mean, they got 11 quarterback hits last night, including three sacks on Aaron Rodgers. So, you know, the, the Lions, from a defensive standpoint, you know, in terms of a def- your, your front seven, you got after Aaron Rodgers. You did your job. You beat, you, you know, you beat him up a little bit. That's, your, that's doing your job. So the Lions did that. They did their job on some level last night. But it, you look at it now, the Green Bay Packers move on. They're eight and four, you know, half game behind the Minnesota Vikings who play this weekend. So, it should be interesting to see what happens with that division. We'll see what happens with the Green Bay Packers. We'll, you know, maybe this will change their fortunes. Maybe this is the game they needed to kind of bring them back a little bit. And I said this last well, – I don't know if – I didn't say this last week, but I'll, I'll say it now. If I'm any team – and I know Seattle defensively, they're not the team they were years ago. But if I'm any team out there in the NFC, I don't think I want to see Seattle in the playoffs. You know, Russell Wilson, he played some good football last week against the Pittsburgh Steelers. He threw for five touchdowns in that particular game. They put up 39 points. They put up some points against the Pittsburgh Steelers. If I'm any team in the NFC, and, and you know, just you, you can look at the NFC, uh, NFC standings. You know, obviously, Carolina's a good football team. They're 11-0. and Obviously, the Indian, uh, Arizona Cardinals, very good football team. On top of their division, very good football team at this point. 
they're nine and two. Minnesota's playing some good football. They're eight and three. And you got the Washington Redskins at five and six. But let's keep moving. But you still have the Packers there, who, if they don't win a division, they're going to make it to the playoffs, more than likely. And then you got Seattle, who at this point has surpassed the Atlanta Falcons, who is who are free falling at this point. They're free falling. The point I'm trying to make is this: if I'm if if I'm at any team in the NFC, you know, I, I don't, I know, you know, Carolina beat. Seattle in Seattle this season, but that was a very good football game. And I know next time they will play, it will be in Carolina. But you look at that particular football game, the 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 Seattle Seahawks had the lead in the fourth quarter, and they had a, a few leads in the fourth quarter throughout the course of this season. But Seattle had that lead in the fourth quarter. I, I don't think Seattle is scared of the Carolina Panthers. I don't think Seattle's scared of the Arizona Cardinals. I really don't. And so the point I'm trying to make is if, if, if I'm those top teams in the NFC, I'm wishing and hoping that – I think I would want Seattle to miss the playoffs. On some level, I think I would want the Falcons to get in or maybe the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who, who are right there as well. I would think I would want any team to get in other than the Seattle Seahawks because of you know the championship pedigree that they have, because of the quarterback they have. You know, they still have the Legion of Boom in that, that secondary. That's still there. They're, I mean, they're still there. Again, it's not what it was when they won the Super Bowl. It's not what it was when they went back to the Super Bowl last season. It's not. But this is still a good football team. This is still a team that you do not want to see. I don't think so in the playoffs. Championship tested, and, and a team that that knows how to get it done, and got it done last season, and got to the Super Bowl. Should have won the Super Bowl. I mean, it, it, we all know they should be back to back Super Bowl champions. They should have repeated last se- last last season. But you know, people got cute. Daryl Bevel got cute, and when you get cute, sometimes too cute, sometimes you know bad things happen, and they, they were just too cute for their own good. You don't run the ball in that. You don't pass the ball in that situation. I don't care. That's horrible. But anyway, you know that's that's ancient history at this point. You look at it now. We look at the Carolina Panthers now, dominating performance over the Dallas Cowboys. And the question becomes: Can they go sixteen and zero at this point? You know, more than likely they're going to get the number one spot in the NFC. More than likely. You know, they're going to win their division. Not more than likely, they're definitely going to win their division, and more than likely, they're going to get that number one spot in the NFC. I don't see it going any other way at this point. But I look at this particular football team, and I saw the performance against the Dallas Cowboys. They dominated the Dallas Cowboys, a Cowboys team that was undefeated with Tony Romo under center. Cowboys teams that I thought was going to win that particular football game against the Carolina Panthers. But I look at this Carolina Panthers football team now. They're 11 and 0, and you know, they're obviously their defense is playing, balling out. Cam is getting it done at a at a nice level. And you know, so this team they're running the football with Jonathan Stewart. So they they're getting good play out of a lot of areas in their football team. And this is a team now with a with 11 and 0 record. And you know, I truly believe I know it's all about winning titles and winning championships. But I kind of believe if you have an opportunity to go undefeated, you kind of have to go for it. 
and it's history. You're, you're talking about history. You're talking about one team who's done it from the beginning to the end, from the window to the wall, and that is the New England, not the New England Patriots, that's the 72 Dolphins. They popped some champagne last week when the New England Patriots uh, lost to the Denver Broncos. Maybe they'll pop some more moving forward. And I, But you look at Carolina's Panthers' schedule, the next five. New Orleans is a sub-500 football team. At this point, the New York Giants are a sub-500 football team. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, sub-500 football team. And they play the Atlanta Falcons twice. And so I look at this schedule. Here's, here's where they could get tripped up. The Giants might trip them up at New York. But also, one of those Falcons games might get them. Because they play them pretty close. I mean, they, they played the Falcons twice in three weeks. First time, December 13th. 13, excuse me, last time, December 27th. So they play them twice in three weeks. That always scares me from the perspective that you, you, you're thinking that you're probably going to get split in that particular situation. But the Atlanta Falcons, as we said, are free-falling. You know, obviously they get off to that great start. They got off to that 5-0 and start. Then, you know, they lost New Orleans. And now they lost four in a row. Tampa, Saint, uh, 49ers, Colts, and the Vikings. So now they're sliding. And you know that this and you knew with the Atlanta Falcons. Even though they were, were five and zero at that one point in the season, you knew this was a team that was flawed. You saw a team that defensively wasn't really that good. You you saw the flaws, you saw some of the warts with this particular football team. But you know, to the you know, and, and to the credit of, of their coach, Dan Quinn, who who came in and seemed to have that defense overachieving at one point. I mean, that, I I think at this point in the season, I think if you're an Atlanta Falcons fan, not looking at the way they started, but coming into the season, I think you've got to be fairly happy where you are at. Obviously, getting off to that five and zero start. You didn't expect to be six and five at any point of this season. You get off to that five and zero start at this point. I don't think you expected to have five losses. But now, it's a struggle for the Atlanta Falcons. So I, I say that to say, going back to the Carolina Panthers and going back to whether or not I believe the Carolina Panthers could actually go undefeated. The schedule says yes. The schedule most definitely says yes. They can go undefeated. So that I, I look at the schedule and I'm saying 16-0 is possible. But I, I think if we look at it realistically, and I, I mean, I don't even know if realistically is the right word. I think if we just look at it from the standpoint that somebody's going to get them. And I don't think it's going to be New Orleans. I don't think it's going to be the Falcons. I think it's going to be the New York Giants on December 20th. Because one thing, you, 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 if you watch the New York Giants over the years, Tom Coughlin's New York Giants, they bite you in the butt when you don't expect it. You know, you, you look at, or you can even look at the two Super Bowls against the New England Patriots, especially the first one. Patriots coming there undefeated. You know, no one expected the Giants to win that football game. 
No one. And, and, it, and even how the Giants got to the Super Bowl to begin with, both times, no one expected it because Eli had to go on the road to get it done. He had to beat Brett Favre in Green Bay to get it done. He had to beat Alex Smith in San Francisco to get it done. So, you know, the the, the New York Giants, their runs were unexpected runs. So the New York Giants tend to do the unexpected. Unexpected with Coughlin and Eli. They, they tend to do the unexpected. And you look at the unexpected, and you look at what's going on with the New York Giants and how they're playing. You look at the Carolina Panthers and how they're playing. Unexpected would be that the New York Giants would lose that football game to the Carolina Panthers. Excuse me, expected is the New York Giants would lose. Unexpected is the New York Giants winning that football game. So I'm going with the unexpected because I always believe you see a lot of unexpected when it comes to New York Giants. And if I'm going with the unexpected, I'm believing that the New York Giants are going to beat the Carolina Panthers in week 15. So the Carolina Panthers, I believe, will go 13-0 at some point. And I believe that the season, their undefeated season, ends at New York on December 20th. If it doesn't end there, I think the Atlanta Falcons get them the following week, December 27th in Atlanta. But wouldn't it be something, I mean, you got uh, Don Shula's son on this coaching staff. And I heard Don Shula say, you know what, I wouldn't mind this team going undefeated. And, you know, obviously because his it's son, his son. His son is on that coaching staff. And because his son is on that coaching staff, of course you're going to be okay. You, you, you know, you're, if your son Mike Shula is on the coaching staff, of course you would want that team to go undefeated. If you want anybody to beat your record, you want it to be your kid. If you want anybody, anybody to beat that record, you want it to be your son. And I think, obviously I think, the Carolina Panthers have a shot to do it. The question becomes, the question becomes, you know, at some point, at some time, you know, the, something happens. And you you got to also look at it this way now. Everybody at this point is gunning for you. You're 11-0 and 0 now. You, ha- you have a bullseye on your back. When you have that bullseye on your back, teams tend to come a little harder. New Orleans Saints, at this point, could be their Super Bowl. They beat the if they beat the Panthers this weekend. That's a big victory for them. They 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 have no shot. They have no shot. But the rest of the teams in there, Falcons, Giants, and the Buccaneers, you know, they they all have playoff aspirations and have legit shots to make the playoffs. Have opportunities, chances. They have a chance. The NBA Buccaneers only came out of the final wild card spot, so their opportunity to get to that wild and get to go out, get the wild card is, is 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 legit. They got a legit shot. Time will tell whether that legit shot will translate into something. But we'll see. But the Carolina Panthers are playing some great football. Cam Newton 
getting it done, dab, bab, dapping, dabbing, babbing, whatever the dance is, you know, left and right. You know, uh, he's doing it, he's having fun. He's having fun. And, you know, the, the numbers are good. The numbers are impressive. You know, he's not only getting it done, he's got seven touchdowns on the ground, 20 touchdowns by air, only nine interceptions. He's getting it done. Carolina Panthers are getting it done. Those linebackers are just sick. Those linebackers are ridiculous. Keekly and, and Thomas Davis, they just, they're just everywhere. And then Josh Norman, shutdown type corner, you know, wanted to take Dez, you know, wanted Dez to give him his money. You know, doesn't believe, you know, he wanted Dez's money. But we'll see. But this team has a legitimate shot to go 16 and 0. Time will be the judge of whether or not they can keep the pace and actually go 16 and 0. But the schedule says that they can get it done. We'll see if they do. Johnny Manziel. Johnny Manziel. And we saw Monday night Johnny Manziel with the Parker on. Johnny Manziel, you know, pretty much, I, I would think this is almost a, a de facto se- a suspension. This is basically a suspension without calling it a suspension. This is a, basically a suspension. And, you know, basically, a, a, you know, basic suspension for Johnny Manziel. You know, last week he was a third quarterback. Josh McCown goes out, goes down. Johnny Football isn't called, and even though the crowd wanted him to, Austin Davis got the call. Austin Davis almost got him the victory. Should have got the victory. I, I mean, there was one play in regulation where where he's running. Well, it ended in regulation, but there was one play where he was running and seemingly had the first down, and for whatever reason, he slid instead of just running out of bounds. I mean, it was it was just something that made no sense and just – the way they handled that whole situation down the stretch, that final drive after getting that pick, that was just awful. They deserved to lose the way they handled that. And then you got the field goal blocked, and you couldn't even make a tackle. And and obviously, Will Hill goes down the sidelines. Baltimore Ravens escape, a team that the Ravens, who had a hard time closing out football games, they escape with the victory. But the Cleveland Browns, Johnny Manziel, you know, obviously the reports are out there. Well, we saw the video, Menzel, you know, getting his drink on, popping bottles, you know, rapping, you know, having a good old time. You know, and the thing was, according to reports out there, Johnny Menzel had lied about the video when the video was shot and told his boys, his mans and them, to lie as well. So Menzel told his boys to lie, and Menzel lied to the, to the Browns organization. He tried to cover it up. So obviously the Browns and Manziel had some kind of agreement like, yo, you can't be out there partying, man. You got to be, you know, on the bye week, fall back. And But you look at it, you look at it, more often than not, it's really not a big of a deal, not really that big of a deal when, you know, you're a guy. It's not that big of a deal when you're uh, 22 years old and you're out there having a good old time, getting your drink on, getting your dance on, you know, doing your thing with girls, so on and so forth. Not a big deal. Most people have done it at the age of 22. Most people would be out and about at the age of 22 in the club, getting their drink on and doing whatever. But when you're Johnny Manziel, when you're a guy now who 
had the you know the, you had the situation with rehab. You went to rehab for an unspecified reason. Who knows the particulars? We could speculate, but who knows? And then you know you had the incident with your girlfriend, where alcohol you you admitted to drinking alcohol. I'm not saying alcohol was the cause of it, but you you admitted to drinking alcohol. Then you know after the situation with your girlfriend. Well, I mean, even look at last year. Last year, you were woefully unprepared. Last year, you didn't know what it took to become an NFL quarterback and to become a, a starting quarterback in the National Football this National Football League. This year, you came in. You seem to be have a. You seem to have a different perspective. You, you seem to have been humbled on some level. You seem to have been a guy now who gets it. But again, you have the situation with your girlfriend that happened. And then now you have this situation, again, on the surface, seemingly innocent. You're out and about partying, seemingly innocent. But at the end of the day, it's not innocent when you're Johnny Manziel. It's not okay when you're Johnny Manziel. It's okay if you're Johnny Smith. It's not okay when you're Johnny Manziel. So when you... Again, go to rehab for unspecified reason. When you, obviously you and the Browns organization talked about something, but you, and hey, I get it, man, you're young, you want to party, but you, and in, and in the generation in the world that we live in, TMZ is out and about. You know, they, 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 you got people with phones who are out and about. At any given moment, at any given time, you're on the you're you're out in the bell getting your drink on, getting your dance on in the club. Somebody can videotape it. They post on their Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. It's out there. It's out there for the world to see. Just like that, in the click of a couple buttons, fast. So you have to be smart. You have to be that guy who who you got to keep a lower profile. Again, it's not fair because I don't think it's fair. I think it's, I mean, if you look at it on the surface, it's kind of ridiculous. But then again, we don't know why he went to rehab. Obviously, if you, if, let's just say you went to rehab for drugs, hypothetically, you probably shouldn't be drinking. Obviously, if you go to rehab for drinking, you probably shouldn't be drinking. We don't know why he went. We just know he went. But I always said that I look at Johnny Manziel. He doesn't know what it takes. It it seems like he's starting to turn the corner a little bit and and looking like on some level he knows what it takes to get it done on the field. He's shown flashes of some things on the field. But that's just one part of the job. It doesn't seem like he knows how to navigate his way through off the field. And that's huge. Maybe. It was just as important on some level, especially in today's NFL. It's just as important. But it, it, it comes a time now. If you're the Browns organization, maybe you feel like by suspend, basically suspending him, that you could find a way to get to him with the belief that if you get to him and you take football away 
on some level that maybe he can see the damage that he's doing and he can see the error of his ways and that he can ultimately become the better person. Maybe. Maybe this is what he needs to become the guy that they want him to be. But reality is, at this point in time, Johnny Manziel just doesn't get it. He doesn't get it. And you wonder, is he in need of a change of scenery? But my thing is, you can't stay clean in Cleveland. You can't keep yourself out of trouble in Cleveland. Dallas is, you know, they're talking maybe Dallas is interested. Dallas is a big major city. Philadelphia, there's talk to Philadelphia Eagles might have some interest. That's a major city. So wherever you go, and obviously wherever you go, you can find trouble anywhere. Just have to look for it. But when it comes to Johnny Manziel, you have to be smarter. And I don't know what it's going to take for you to become smarter. I, I don't. Maybe this will do it. You thought maybe the incident that he had with his girlfriend would, would would make him think I need to get smarter. I need to be smarter. You would think what happened last season, the way he performed on the field, the what he did off the field, that would make him be smarter. And I know he's only twenty two years old. I know he's young. But at the end of the day. You're thrust and put into a position where, fair or unfair, you're going to be judged. To whom much is given, much is expected. And Johnny Menzel, you were given a starting job of the Cleveland Browns. You were given a starting quarterback job. This was your opportunity to show the Browns what you're about and even show the league what you're about. This was your chance. And you, on some level, messed that chance up because you couldn't stop partying. You couldn't take a weekend off. You couldn't just chill with your boys at your crib, maybe have a party there. You could not keep yourself out of the spotlight. I know it's difficult because, again, this is a different world that we live in. I know it's difficult. But, again, and and I heard... And I talk about this all the time. I heard Phil Sibbs say this. Bill Parcells used to tell him, you know, go sit in the go sit in the film room, and even if you're not looking and watching film, make it seem like you are. Even if you could just, even if you're sitting in there, door closed, locked, and you're asleep, no one knows. They're just assuming that you're watching film. Perception is reality, and, and I think that's what it comes down to. Johnny Mandel, it's a perception issue. It may be even a reality issue on some level. This, just if we could figure out why he went to rehab. Just if we knew why he went to rehab, we could figure out, you know, how bad of an idea this was. But dude, you can't party the way another twenty-two-year-old can party. It's just not possible. You need to chill. And hopefully, you'll you'll figure that out. Hopefully you will chill, and hopefully you can show the Cleveland Browns what you're about on the field. Maybe you won't have that opportunity with the Cleveland Browns, but somebody will give you that opportunity. I'm not, I was not a fan of Johnny Manziel, the quarterback, coming out of college. I thought 
you know, he didn't really have much of a pocket presence. I didn't think he would be big enough for the National Football League. I just really didn't. But now, now you see him turn the corner a little bit. I still have my doubts on whether he can be a good quarterback. But, again, he's shown some flashes. And maybe he can continue to show those flashes. But, again, he's got to get it right off the field. And, and, and speaking of a guy who's got to get it right on some level, speaking of a guy to whom much is given, much is expected, speaking of a guy who's young, Jaleel Okafor of the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, you know, he had the night. He had a night in Boston that he'll never forget. You know, it, it, it started bad on the basketball court where him and his Sixers had a lead in that fourth quarter. They blew it, and the Boston Celtics would beat them in the fourth quarter the day before Thanksgiving. And then you're out that night, and, you know, you get yourself into a couple fights. You know, you got a dude on the ground bloodied. You know, obviously, you know, you, you're talking about there's some broke, you guys are some broke, uh, broke A ninjas. You know, we got money. You don't. And you see all that. You see all that. And you're like, dude, first and foremost, you're only 19. So obviously you shouldn't be in any type of club. Obviously, you're not old enough to be consuming any type of alcohol. You're not. And and so... you know, whether they let you in the club or not, you don't belong there. But you're out here fighting in the streets of Boston, you know, at a nightclub where alcohol is flowing. Well, you're now you're outside the nightclub. But the point I'm trying to make is even being outside the nightclub, you know, you're out there getting into fights. People allegedly heckling you. You know, you're getting heckled by some fans. Welcome to well, that. That's life, man. Get used to that one. You're going to get heckled. And you, being out there and having so much to lose, I mean, God forbid, you know, your hands are your moneymaker. So God forbid, you know, you, you punch somebody and you break a hand. That's your moneymaker. God forbid... In the process of fighting somebody, you hurt a limb, or you hurt a leg. I mean, we look, we see the situation with Tabo Cephalosha. You know, obviously that was with the police, but again, him being at the club late at night. You know, a lot of there are not many good things that can happen that late, and there's not many good things that can happen when you're 19 years old and you're consuming alcohol. If in fact you did, I don't think he has some wristband on. You know that says he can't drink, but he 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 was he was out there acting a fool. I mean, you get in two fights and one night out, you get in two fights. I mean, I'm sitting here watching a fight. I mean, you're you're swinging and, and squaring up against people. You know, you're out and about, man. And you're getting in fights and you know you're punching people and things of that nature, dude. That's that's gonna call that could cost you money. Somebody can come after you civilly with a civil suit. Take some of your money, your hard-earned money. You don't want nobody taking your money. 
You work hard for that money. Why would you want somebody to take your money? You know, they're just taking your money. You're knocking somebody out, acting a fool in the streets of Boston, you're probably going to get sued. Somebody's going to get some money from you. You, I will say this, you were 2-0 and with two KOs in one night. There, there, There's boxers who would dream, dream, to have that type of night. You got it in last. You you, you know, in terms of, of, of your fighting skills, obviously you can you know how to handle yourself. And then we got reports coming out that he had an incident in Philly where somebody pointed a gun at him. You know, he had a situation where he, he was speeding 100, 108 miles per hour. I mean, not the end of the world. Everybody speeds. You know, every, everybody speeds. But everybody gets in a fight at the club. And, you know, you're 19 years old. You are 19 years old. And you're out there acting a fool. You're out there. You're you're one of the faces of the Philadelphia 76ers. You're getting paid a lot of money. And, you know, in that situation, a street fight, people pull guns, people pull knives, people pull things. In the process of pulling some things, you know, they mess around and mess you know, mess up mess you up, stab you up, shoot you up. You gotta be smarter if you're Jalil Okafor. You're nineteen years old and now the Sixers are saying they're gonna uh, have security for him at this point. They're gonna when he goes out he's gonna have security. You probably shouldn't be out for a minute. You used to be in the house for a little bit. You used to be in your hotel playing Xbox or PlayStation. Take to bring the party to you. You're an NBA basketball player. If you need girls, call one. If you want a party, invite some of your closest friends or some you know you know get to. Be smart. Don't be out and about right now. At this point, your butt needs to be in the at home. If you're on the road, stay in your hotel room. Hang out in the hotel lobby or something. Stay away from nightclubs. A, you're too young. B, obviously when you're out there, you seem to get yourself into issues. Not saying they're all your fault. Not saying people aren't annoying. Not saying it's not annoying when people are bothering you. Not saying that at all. I'm saying you're in position as an NBA player where you are a million-dollar entity. And so being that you're making a boatload of money and being that a basketball team has an investment in you, you got to be smart. And smart means might mean staying at home. Smart, if you're on the road, might mean chilling in your hotel room. Smart might be 
if you are going out, the Sixers are going to give you some kind of security, according to reports. But even if they don't, get your own. <clears throat> get your own. And again, smart would be to never consume alcohol until your age of 21. That's smart. But, again, I, and, and I'll say this, because we can criticize Jaleel Okafor. We can, we can talk about until we're blue in the face with, with a lot of criticism. We can throw a lot of criticism his way, legit criticisms. Legit criticism. But the thing is this, the thing is this, none of us, most of us, aren't 19 years old with millions and millions of dollars in our pocket. No, not most, most of us are, uh, most of us are not. So we don't necessarily know how we would act if we had that kind of money. Because money makes you... Bigger than whatever you are. So if you're a big jerk, you're going to be a bigger jerk. And I'm not saying Okafor is a jerk. I don't know. Seems like a nice kid. Seems like his parents, he has a nice support system. But I will say this. You got to be smarter, man. Johnny Mendel, Jalil Okafor, you boys need to be smarter. Stay home. Stay home. <clears throat> Let it die down a little bit. Let it cool out a little bit. Unfortunately, you guys live in a, in a different era. There's many athletes before you who party like it was 1999 on a regular. But their moves, their actions weren't caught on videotape. There was a different, there wasn't no social media. There wasn't Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or even camera phones at that point. So you don't have some of the luxuries that other guys have had in the past. Sucks, but it's your life. And it's a good life that you live, actually. So it's actually, I think the trade-off, is, you'll take the trade-off you know, any day and twice on Sundays. Kobe Bryant, what a career. Finally calling it quits after 20 years in the NBA. And based off of what we've seen from Kobe Bryant throughout the course of this NBA season, this is probably not a bad move. I mean, Kobe Bryant, as great as he has been throughout the course of his career, is great no more. He's great no more. I mean, he's done a lot of great things in this league, scored a lot of points in this league. But Kobe Bryant is not who he was. He's not that guy no more. So for him to walk away from the sport of basketball at this point in time is a good decision. It's a great decision, actually. He's not that guy no more. I mean, you watched him get the Philadelphia 76ers the other night. And, you know, he went home to Philadelphia. The Philadelphia fans, you know, they stood up. They gave him applause. They did the right things by Kobe Bryant. Before, you know, Philadelphia was pretty hard on Kobe. But Kobe came to Philadelphia – and I know he redeemed himself a little bit against the, uh, the Wizards uh, the night after, but in Philadelphia, 7 for 26, including 4 for 17 from downtown. Kobe Bryant was awful. He was awful. But we're going to switch gears now. We're going to bring in a guy who was not awful throughout the course of his career, 
who got it done at the highest of levels. Let's bring him in now, Hall of Famer, Willie Rowe. Willie. Well, you know, I'm, I'm glad, Paul, that Kobe did what, you know, said what he said and he announced his retirement. You know, but 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 this is not that, Paul. If you you know, he made a couple shots earlier in Philly. You know, if the three's not going down, start shooting the three. You know, penetrate, get the get a foul, do something. You know, then he goes against Washington and plays a very good game. But he went to the home and he was doing some other things, but. You just can't stand out there if you don't think you lift and shoot threes the whole game. You got to pass the ball and get other guys involved. And the thing is, also, I mean, like you said, he shot the ball uh, what seventeen times from downtown against the Philadelphia Seventy Six. He shot eleven threes against the Wizards too. So, I mean, obviously, he can't probably get to the basket the way he once could. Obviously, he's not the same player. He's a shell of himself at this point in time. And, you know, obviously it was a great – it's a great decision that he is walking away. And another guy that I wish would walk away is the great I mean, Peyton Manning. Go ahead, go ahead. I mean, I mean, he's walking away. He hasn't really played the last couple of years, and he's making about $25 million. So, really, let's not, let's not act like it's a pity party. No, not at all. I mean, obviously it's a great – it's great to be Kobe Bryant at this point in time, no doubt about it. Whether you're good, bad, or what have you, it's great to be Kobe Bryant. But speaking of a guy who needs to walk away, Peyton Manning, we, you know how I feel about Peyton Manning. I believe he needs to walk away. But their quarterback, Brock Osweiler, beat the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, not the Minnesota Vikings, beat the New England Patriots. Beat the Patriots. You know, and played pretty good against the New England Patriots and made some plays against the New England Patriots. Let me ask you this now, Willie. And, and looking at the Denver Broncos now, 2-0, and with Brock Osweiler as the quarterback, 2-0, a team that before Osweiler took over was struggling on the offensive side of the ball. He beat the Chicago Bears as well. But a team that was struggling on the offensive side of the ball with Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning was an interception machine. At the end of the day, if Brock Osweiler wins this week uh, against uh, who they play this week, if they win this week against the – well, whoever they play this week, we'll figure it out. But if they win this week and they go 3-0 with Brock Osweiler, they play the Chargers, actually. Should he stay the quarterback? Uh, I think he needs to stay the quarterback for a while in the regular season, but this is going to be the dilemma. What about in the playoffs when things step up, when the game gets gets tighter? Do you want somebody with that experience that's been there, painting money, that's been in the Super Bowl? Or do you, are you going to trust Brock Osweiler to get it done you know, I mean, I mean, the, the, the thing is, are they going to be able to get home field, you know, in the playoffs? Right now they're a game down on New England, and if they keep winning and with the injuries New England has, um, that's going to be the issue. When it comes to playoffs time, are you going to go back to Peyton? You know, are you going to let him uh, let him play? Now, they also are doing something they weren't doing. Why are somebody running the ball now and they weren't running the ball before? They, they've been running the ball better than the last two weeks. And when Peyton was in there, they weren't running the ball. True. They are, they are running the ball better, most definitely. And, you know, they're doing more of the rollouts that Gary Kubiak's offense likes to do with Brock Osweiler at the helm. But, I mean, if 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 you win this week and you're 3-0 with this quarterback, and, you know, I know Peyton Manning is Peyton Manning, but Peyton Manning is not the Peyton Manning we all know and love over the years. This is not the same Peyton Manning. 
This is a different Peyton Manning. This is an interception machine that Peyton Manning. This is a Peyton Manning who's not the same quarterback that he was many moons ago. I, I, I think I think if, if if he wins this week, and you're 3-0 and with this guy, including a victory over the New England Patriots, I think he needs to stay the quarterback. They got some calls in that game against the Patriots. Let's be realistic here, too, now. They got some, they got they some got calls, sure. calls. They got some bad calls in that game. Sure. But it happens. You, I mean, you can't say that's the reason. I mean, you, you still can't take away what Osweiler did in that particular game. He made the th- he made some throws. No, I was going to make some great throws. I'm not debating whether he, what he did. He had, a, he had an excellent game, and I thought he was going to play good. But the bottom line is, the bottom line is, Paul, that uh, that he has played well, and 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 they needed him, and he know, and he he can run that system better because he can roll out of the pocket and stuff and do stuff to keep that defense honest. And I mean, if they're, if they're, the key is with Peyton in there, I don't know why they can't run the ball because they're not respecting the throwing. But well, I was running there, they're running the ball a lot better. So I don't know why they why that is, but it seems like the, if the offense is more balanced with him in there. And, and yeah, and, and like you said, they're playing some. You know, to your point, ran for 179 yards last week against the uh, New England Patriots, and so they really played some big time football when they needed to play big time football. Let, let me ask you this, Willie. We saw last night there uh, the Green Bay Packers. Obviously, they 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 weren't playing some. They're not playing the, their best football right now. Aaron Rodgers, teams are getting after Aaron Rodgers a little bit. Obviously, Jordy Nelson's not there as well. But you look at last night and, and that particular call, the no call on the face mask, and, you know, you know, obviously the Hail Mary was beautiful as well. But let me ask you this. If, if you look at, in my opinion, this is the way I look at it, under two minutes, you know, I think some of those calls should be reviewed. It, it, I mean, I think you could easily review whether or not it was a face mask or not. It wasn't a face mask. And those type of plays cost teams football games. And, and to me, I, I'm thinking, like, look, if you have the technology there, use it. You're right. But, but it looked like a face mask. So the fact that his head was turned, the way it was turned, it looked like a face mask. It looked like it, but on the live, it on the live. You look at it live, it did. But if you look at it in slow motion, it he didn't touch it. But to a referee, Paul, you're out there. You're not gonna know what you're gonna think. If the referee behind him and you see his hand going that way, you're gonna think his face mask. And his hand was all the way jacked up after that play. Uh, no, I know. I, I, yeah, most definitely. You get why he did it, but my thing is this: let's get the call right. And you know, you have the technology to get the call right, and you know, get the call right. The referee is not very good, and that's why I'm talking about. They need to make these guys with all the money in their cell base. They need to make these refs full-time employees because these calls. I mean, that's their weekend job. They don't do this right. full-time. They got flux of no referees. And the referee has not been good this year. Right. And, you know, it's called, you know, you cost the team a football game. I mean, you actually cost the Lions their season at this point because they, they were a team that was, you know, if they win last night, they'd have been a game and a half behind the, the 
Seahawks for the final wild card. And they would have been two games behind the Packers, but they would have beaten the Packers two times. And the way the Packers are playing, who knows, maybe they could have caught them. But, you know, you, you cause people, you, you mess with people's livelihood. You cause teams their season when you don't make the right call. We're talking to Hall of Famer Willie Rope, Johnny Manziel. You know, obviously he's been banished by the Cleveland Browns pretty much. Uh, basically a suspension if you really look at it. I know he's getting paid. I know he was activated the other night, but he's not playing. And, you know, he was prom- He was. they said he was going to be the starter, but, you know, a few weeks later we see him out and about getting, you know, getting his drink on, getting his dance on, rapping, having a good old time in the club, you know, doing what young people do on some level. Do you agree with the Browns, what the Browns are doing with this situation? Um, you know what, Paul? I think this kid is perfectly try, purposely trying to sabotage the situation in Cleveland because he wants to go to Dallas. And and I don't, and, and I don't need a backup quarterback in Dallas to where the other two guys to play. But I mean, for you not to be a pro and you just want to get out of the situation because you want to go back to try to get with the Cowboys, and that's what you know, Johnny Football is trying to do. So you feel like he he's purposely doing these things. He's doing it on purpose. Okay. I mean, here, here, here's here's the thing. Like, you know, I, I mean, I, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. I don't know for that, you know, if that's the case. But my thing is this. Like, if you know, obviously you went to rehab for whatever reason. We don't know why, an undisclosed reason. But you went to rehab for some reason. So my thing is this. If, if, if you're Johnny Manziel, like, you obviously don't get it. Like, you can't party at home. You can't, you know, you can't, you you got to find something. You can't take a week off. You can't take a few weeks off from partying. So, I mean, obviously there's a maturity issue as well. I know he's been showing some signs of being, you know, getting better on the field, but I don't think he's showing those signs of getting better off the field. Go ahead. I thought he was, I thought he was showing it. But when you, when you, when you have a violent call and you just start her, let me tell you going to be a starter. He should have been off to Texas. He should have been up there at the facility every day. So all them coaches, like I told him last week, he's ready to play. He's focused. He wants to be the leader of that team. If he really wanted that job, he had a job, Paul. Now they got the other quarterback that broke his collarbone, and now they're going to, to the other guy. And obviously, Johnny, Johnny was better than the quarterback. But if he wanted that job, he had a chance to win that job. You don't waste opportunities in the NFL. It's in the league where you just get all the opportunities you want. But I purposely feel like he's trying to go to Dallas. There have been rumors about Dallas trading for him. And, and I don't know why Dallas would do that, but another guy in there with a checkered pass, with a checkered pass in there, and, and, and then you're dealing with the same thing you've been dealing with with all these other guys. So if Dallas wants to do that, Okay, but you know they've got a lot of guys in there with checking pass, and I just, you don't need too many of them guys on your team if you're trying to win a championship. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, obviously Dallas needs that young quarterback, and and you know, Romo he got hurt again, so maybe, maybe they feel like Johnny Manziel can be that guy. I have my doubts about Johnny Manziel, not only on the field but off the field. So we'll see what he can, you know, we'll see what happens with him moving forward. Talking to Hall of Famer Willie Rofe. And let me ask you this: You know, Carolina Panthers, eleven and zero. You look at their last five games. Their next five games are are very, very winnable. They're an eleven and zero football team. You look at their next five games at New Orleans this Sunday, 
which is probably going to be a victory. They have Atlanta coming to Carolina the following week, and then they play at New York, at Atlanta, and then home to Tampa Bay. So all winnable football games. Can the Carolina Panthers go 16-0? and Will they go 16-0? and They can. I think this game right here, Pop, if you look at the game with the Saints maybe murder this year, it was closer than people thought. I think this game is a catch game for them. They got to watch themselves more than New Orleans. Uh, they need to come out there with their A game, but if they're going to get beat, I think this is a week that they could lose the game against the Saints because the Saints play against them twice a year. They know how to play them. It's a robbery game. Um, I know they beat them last year in the Dome, and, you know, the Saints had a bad week. They had a bad couple of weeks, but, you know, the Saints played real good against Atlanta at home a few, uh, earlier this year. And, you know, I was at the game when they played against the Giants to beat the Giants, and I think this is a game if Carolina don't come, come ready to play, they might slip up this week. I mean, yeah, so I definitely think it's a possibility. And, and you look at New Orleans, this is a, like a Super Bowl for them at this point because they're pretty much done. You know, so that, I mean, to your point, and being that it is a division game, they can definitely sneak up on them. But I think actually they win this game, and I think they beat the Falcons the following week. I think the New York Giants get them in New York on twelve twenty, but we'll see. Should be should be fun. I, I would I want to see them do it. I hope they do it. I mean, I, I think it would be it would be fun to see it get done, and I would like to see the Carolina Panthers get it done. We'll see if Cam and those guys can get it done. I want to ask just before we get out of here. Many have seen the video with Jalil Okafor, the Philadelphia 76ers, you know, out and about, getting in two fights in one night in Boston. You know, he's only 19 years old, obviously, so he is young. But your thoughts on that particular situation, seeing a guy out and about, obviously 19 years old, probably, you know, outside a club. First and foremost, he shouldn't be in a club. He's only 19 years old. But two fights in one night, your thoughts on that? Obviously, he was he was uh, partying some that night and feeling himself. And uh, <laughs> I don't understand. He's been a star basketball player since he was probably 12 years old, Paul. So he understands he's in a microscope. I know he. he I, I thought he was. I thought since he went to Duke, he's a little smarter than this. Not to Duke put himself in that type of situation, but he's a young kid. Hopefully, he learns from it. And uh, I think alcohol was definitely involved. But uh, he's got to understand, he will understand when he gets this lawsuit from that from that kid that showed knocked down and uh, he has to pay a few thousand dollars, then maybe that'll teach him not to run around punching people. No doubt, no doubt. Let me ask you this. You know, obviously you came in the league in your early 20s. What Was, was it an adjustment for you to kind of, understand and, and live not only not on the field but more so off the field and understand how you're supposed to live and understand the places that you can and cannot go? Well, yeah, and I think he was downtown Boston and, and some areas that are a little more um, not, a, not, not, as, not as black. Uh, you know, Paul, I came into New Orleans and, uh, you know, I went to some different establishments. I mean, you act like that in some, some places, uh, uh, something might happen to you. So you just you just have to know how to conduct and tell yourself. And, you know, it's a good it's a good, it's a good thing. He wasn't at the wrong place acting like that because it could have been a lot worse. And he could have been hurt or the other guy could have been hurt. 
when uh, if those guys had really jumped on him and and, and and been a bunch of them out there, he really could, he could have got a bit of real ugly scenes. But you don't know who's got a knife, or you remember the incident that right. happened in with uh, with uh, with a uh, Paul Pierce up there, and he ended up right. you know was stabbed was stabbed real bad up there. So you just don't need to put yourself in those in those type of precarious situations, Paul, and and and. and, and uh, hopefully he he's gonna he's gonna, he's gonna learn a lesson. If not, eventually he will learn a lesson. For sure, for sure. And then you know you also had an incident where in Philadelphia where allegedly somebody put a gun you know put a gun to him as well. So outside of a nightclub. So he's 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 obviously got to get this thing right, and he's got to be smarter moving forward. He's only 19, so he's got time. But you know you got to be smarter. Willie, pleasure, man. Thank you for having me. Hall of Famer, Willie Rofe. It's always good to get a get the insight of a of a player who a guy who's been there, who's played it, who's been out and about as an NFL player, as an athlete in general, and gives his thoughts on the whole situation. Interesting. You know, but if you're you're a guy like Jalil Okafor, you can't like I said, you can't do things the way I do things. You can't do things the way any other average 19-year-old does things. Can't. Possible. Can't. Got to be smarter. And, you know, speaking of a guy who was smart and got paid big time, David Price, seven years, $217 million, and, you know, big-time contract. 30 years old now, when he's, when this contract is over, he'll be 37 years old. 37. I mean, this is the richest contract given for a pitcher. And and the thing is, you know, these contracts, as we've seen over the years, really have not paid dividends. They, they really haven't. And, and, you know, there's been a lot of buyer's remorse when it comes to these type of contracts. You know, you, you get these big-time deals – and it don't work out well. You, I mean, you look at the Phillies with Ryan Howard. You look at the Rangers with A-Rod. You know, you look at uh, Z- Barry Zito with the Giants. You know, he's getting a big-time monster contract. And, you know, they, they fall off. And, and so you don't necessarily get, you, you know, much bang for your buck. But, you, you know, if you're the Boston Red Sox, you get an ace. You get an ace in David Price, no doubt about it. You get yourself an ace. So you get an ace, and everybody can use an ace, and you get one in Boston. You have one now in Boston. And so, you know, ultimately you want him to stay healthy. But he can anchor your staff. 18-5 last year, basically, with with two teams, the, the Tigers and the Blue Jays. He's a horse. He's a beast. He gets it done. You know, he definitely gets it done. So you you got a you got a front line starter, you got a top of the line starter, and you paid a pretty penny for that top of the line starter. Hopefully, it pays dividends. But you you're always concerned, especially with pitchers. You're always concerned. I mean, a former Cy Young winner. You know, but you still you get concerned because of arm injuries. You can you get concerns. You get concerns because 
here's the thing. I mean, you know, 30 years old now, seven years, again, he'll be 37. He still might give you some solid innings for the next bunch of years, for the next three to four years. You still might get, you know, you'll probably get elite, an elite pitcher for at least the next two to three years, barring injury. Might fall off at 34, 35, but maybe not. So, I mean, it's not an awful deal. It's really not an awful deal. And so I think if you're the Boston Red Sox and you're a Boston Red Sox fan, I don't think you're mad at this one. Now, again, we as we said, when it comes to these big long-term contracts, you know, it doesn't always look good after a few years. Maybe this will be different. Maybe, maybe David Price, can can get you know and be, maybe this deal will be good after when it, when it's all said and done. Maybe this deal will work out well for David Price and more importantly, I guess, for the Boston Red Sox. Time will tell. But I I never you know I always see it. I love when guys get paid. I love it. I absolutely love it when guys get paid. And I'm loving that David Price got paid. I'm happy. That David Price got paid. I wish it was my money. I wish I could have like a million of it. DP, can I get a million, baby? Give me something. Let me hold something. Maybe. Yes, maybe. <laughs> Golden State Warriors. This is a team now 20-0. Steph Curry dropped 40 the other night against the Charlotte Hornets. 40. 20 and 0 at this point. I love to see 33 and 0. 34, 35. I, I mean, I, w- I would love to see it. I, I, I mean, I, I think you get it at this point. I love history. I love to see history. Whether it's the Carolina Panthers going 16 and 0 and maybe 19 and 0 win the whole thing, I love to see it. Whether it's the Golden State Warriors winning 73 games, whether it's the Golden State Warriors. You know, going 34-0, I love to see it. Record's broken. I love to see it. I love it, man. I love it. You know, there's not many times in life where you actually get to see history. You know, where you could say, I watch the 2015-2016 Golden State Warriors. I watched that team that started out 34-0. I watched them. I watched that team that won... 73 football, uh, basketball games. I watched them. Or the Chicago Bulls in 96. I watched them get 72 games, win 72. That's cool to see. I, I, now, I'm not you know, a big Tom Brady, New England Patriots fan, but I wanted them, because I hate the Giants, but I wanted them to go undefeated. That's history, man. I like history. And it's one thing to live it and see it. But let's look at the Golden State Warriors schedule at this point. And, and let's see if we can figure out and find a loss. I said the Utah Jazz. And I I was close. You know, Rodney Hood had some questionable plays down the stretch there. But if Rodney Hood would have had some, you know, some better, better plays, 
or better decisions down the stretch there, maybe I would have been right. Maybe. But let's look at their schedule. And let's see if we can find a loss. You got, you're on a team down two, four, seven game road. You road, uh, road trip. You got a seven game road trip. So, Toronto's going to be tough. Toronto played them tough in Golden State. And I'm saying that's where it ends. I think this thing ends at 20 and 0. I think Toronto gets them on Saturday. But if Toronto doesn't get them, I think they beat Brooklyn. Indiana's going to be interesting. Indiana can play small. That's going to be interesting. I think they get Boston, Milwaukee as well. I'm just looking at their schedule. Let's let's just let's just say this. And and I'm hoping this actually. So there's a possibility they could be 28 and 0 by the time we hit Christmas. And on Christmas, they got the Cavaliers coming to town. So at that point, they'll be if they if they continue to win, they'll be twenty eight and zero. That would be cool to see a twenty eight no basketball team on Christmas. Marquee matchup, finals rematch against the Cleveland Cavaliers. That would be cool to go twenty nine and zero. If they get by Cleveland, we're looking. At Charlotte, against Charlotte at home, where they can go 34-0 and surpass that Laker win streak of 33 straight games. That, my friend, would be cool. And the thing is, what also would make that cool is Del Curry would be in the building because he does Hornets games, and his son Steph Curry obviously would be there. And if he's healthy, obviously. But I, I think 33 would be cool. I think to start the season off 33-0 and 0 would be cool. And I think, I, I not think, I'm rooting for that to happen. I hope it happens. That would be cool. But I, I, I got to be honest. I can't. It, I mean, you already, you already won twenty in a row. Now we're saying now you got to win fourteen more in a row. Fourteen more games in a row to to surpass the Lakers. Fourteen. I mean, you got twenty already. Fourteen more. That's. 20 is impressive enough. But 14 more, that would be tough. That would be absolutely tough. That would be hard. That's, that's hard to do. 20 is hard to do. 10 is hard to do. 5 is hard to do. And, 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 and that. It's hard. But we're talking about 14 more. And, and, you know, this is how impressive it is. We're at 20-0. That's how impressive the Lakers' 33-game win streak was. We're at 20-0 at this point, and you still need 14 more to surpass it. You still got to win 14 more games to surpass what the Lakers did back in 72. 14. More. 
and then you got Luke Walton, not the coach of record, not getting any credit for this in terms of being on his record in terms of being twenty and zero as a head coach, but he won coach of the coaching the month, and technically his record is zero and zero. Those victories that go to Steve Kerr. But you wonder now, and this is not a, a, a knock on Steve Kerr, but I think it's also, you, does this give credit to Mark Jackson? A little more credit to Mark Jackson and what he built. Because I honestly believe that even even if Mark Jackson stayed to coach last season for the Golden State Warriors, I, I, I think they could have still won. <coughs> Excuse me. I, I think the Golden State Warriors just got a year better. I, I think Steph Curry got a year better. And the thing with Steph, it, it was all, it was his health. You know, t- turning his ankle left and right. It was his health. But I think he got a year better. And he got even. He took another step too. You know, twenty three games, thirty twenty three points a game. Now he's having to thirty two. But Draymond Green got better. He took that next step. He took that next step. He went from six points a game. And his minutes, his he he went up ten minutes per game. But he went from six points a game to eleven points a game. He got a year better. He got a year better. He's a big reason the Warriors won a championship last season. He got a year better. Guys got a year better. And I think they would have they, they were on a they were trending upward. <coughs> they were trending upward. They were moving up. They were going up. And and so so I, I and saying that this team was getting a year better, saying that this team was getting a year better, I mean, I, I think they were trending upward with Mark Jackson. I believe they lost in the first round to the Clippers. But that was a big-time series, seven-game series against the Clippers. But they were they were trending upward. I think guys got a year better. And because guys got a year better, I, I think Steve Kerr benefited from guys getting a year better. He benefited big-time from it. And I'm not saying Steve Kerr didn't do a good job, because he did. I'm not saying that at all. You look at even uh, Clay Thompson, who averaged more minutes in 13, 14 under Mark Jackson. His minutes were reduced by four minutes per game last season, but he went up three points per game. Again, he got better, got a year better. Guys got a year better. Maybe it's coaching, maybe it's the system, but guys got better. And, you know, they're they're continuing that upward trend. Guys getting better. Even Harrison Barnes went up what, six point six points per game. But he got a year better. Minutes were the same. Field goal percentage went up last season. He got a year better. And and, and that's the thing. Guys Got a year better, and that's not a knock on Mark Jackson. It's not. I mean, Mark. I'm not on Steve Kerr. No, I'm not on Luke Walton. But Mark Jackson deserves a lot of credit for what happened. And Steve Kerr gave, too, gave Mark Jackson credit, but Mark Jackson deserves a lot of credit. And I, I think 
I, I can't say that we can't say definitively that the Warriors would not have won a championship under Mark Jackson. And I think you look at what Mark Jackson did. You, you look at what with what, what Mark Jackson did. He he set the, he set an emotion. He set an emotion, and, and he turned made that. He 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 brought a different. He brought. A winning attitude to that to that Golden State program. He he had that program trending upward, and and Steve Kerr I think is benefiting. And, and maybe it's a it's a case where Steve Kerr was the closer. He was the guy that you needed to bring in to close the deal to take this team to the next level. A la Tony Dungy, John Gruden. You bring John Gruden. Tony Dungy built the foundation in Indy, but you needed a guy to bring it home, and John Gruden was that guy who brought it home. That's what you needed. Maybe that was the case here. We'll see. You know, uh, who knows? But the Golden State Warriors in 20-0, I want to see 34-0, and let's hope we get 34-0. Let's hope we get 34-0. Should be interesting. Should be fun. Let's go to boxing now. And You know, we saw a changing of the guard last weekend. And out there in Germany, Tyson Fury beating Vladimir Klitschko, Klitschko who hadn't lost in, what, 11 years. And, you know, it was, it was a great, it wasn't a great fight. It wasn't a great fight at all, actually. At moments, it was it was kind of boring, but it was compelling from the standpoint is that you finally saw someone, you know, beat Vladimir Klitschko. You saw someone you know, who was his height, who was taller than him. You saw someone who was taller than him and someone who didn't allow Vladimir to hold him, didn't allow, you know, was able to move around, was was able to, I mean, Vladimir Klitschko didn't pull the trigger <clears throat> and seemingly <coughs> couldn't pull the trigger. Now, I mean, Klitschko's 39 years old, and I'm not saying he's done. But what I'm saying is, I think this is the best thing that could have happened to the sport of boxing. Because as we know, boxing goes as the heavyweight division goes. And if the heavyweight division is healthy, that's great for boxing. And, and I think you got a Deontay Wilder out there, personality, you know, scores big knockouts, personality. you got Tyson Fury out there, personality. you got guys... Those two guys, way much, way more personality than Vladimir Klitschko. Vladimir Klitschko had no personality. He was robotic in the ring. He knocked guys out at times, but at, at times it's very boring. Lots of holding, lots of hugging. I mean, you know, it, it was boring at times. And, and I think we wanted more explosion from the heavyweight division. We wanted more excitement. We wanted more personality from the heavyweight division. I think we got it. I think we got it in the form of Tyson Fury, and I think we got it in the form of Deontay Walter. And maybe, you know, I think it would be a major fight if, you know, if Fury, if he can beat Klitschko, and if Deontay Walter can continue his winning ways, if those two were to collide, Fury and, and Walter, I think it would definitely be a big fight. And I think, obviously, again, as the heavyweight division goes, so does boxing, and if that heavyweight division is healthy, then it's great for the sport. And and I think the heavyweight division is healthy, healthier 
than it was with Vladimir Klitschko with, uh, as champion. I think on Saturday night, the heavyweight division became healthier because Vladimir Klitschko is no longer the champion. Obviously, he's going to have a rematch with Tyson Fury. Hopefully, Tyson Fury beats him. Nothing against Vladimir Klitschko, but I want to move on to the next. And I think on to the next is more excitement on to the next. There's more excitement with Tyson Fury, you know, in terms of personality. There's more excitement with Deontay Wilder, not only in with the personality, but in the ring. There's more excitement. I want more excitement, and hopefully we get more excitement with Fury and Deontay Wilder. I want to thank Hall of Famer Willie Rowe for stopping by. You can listen to this show and other great shows, blogtalkradio.com slash pecan, where you can listen to this show and other great shows. Follow us on Twitter at GoForItGant, G-O-F-O-R-I-T-G-A-N-T. For everybody here, go for it. We hope you have a great weekend. See you next week. See you later. Take care. Bye.